Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. All right, overnight crowders, is that time at the start of the week where we have a, a chat with one of the in, Inner Sanctum's best and brightest. We've got uh, Alex Catalano joining us once again to have a look at AFLW news. It's probably been a couple of weeks since we've really managed to delve into some stuff there, but there's been some movement. There's been some announcements across the Monday, and Alex, thanks for joining us here to help us work our way through it. G'day, Jen. Yeah, of course. And good that we do have some big news to talk about. Uh, it's all starting to go down at Hawthorne now. I think last time we spoke, we were telling them to start to, they should probably start to get a bit of a wriggle on. And I think they must have listened to us because they have now. Yeah, we were w- wondering where they were in the signing space or the commitment space, I suppose. And uh, I guess the biggest signing they've got is, from the look of it, they've taken the Saints best and fairest um, in um, Tilly Lucas Rod and um, signed her. Came out of nowhere for me that one. I thought she was going to be a player that stuck around the Saints and saw them, you know, help them gradually climb up the ladder. But she's, yeah, gone for, for greener pastures, it looks like, at the Hawks. I mean, I can't blame her and any player that does, I guess, you know, move around in this uh, off-season. You can't really blame any of them for looking for opportunities elsewhere. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that one really surprised me, especially it only came out about two days ago, and now the Hawks have um, made the yeah the commitment official today. So it all really moved um, quite quickly. But, no, that was a great pickup for them. I think she's obviously had a massively improved year in 2022, and... Um, probably one of the most improved midfielders in the competition. Her and Kirsty Lamb, I reckon, would probably be the top two um, compared to their form last year. So for her to make that move from half-back as well into being a full-time inside midfielder, I think it goes to show she's a player that's growing and growing, and she's only 26, so she's right smack dab in the middle of her prime. Great pickup for the Hawks to build a mid- uh, midfield group around. They also named a couple of more uh, signings um, led by... Jess Duffin or um, Jess Cameron back from my days playing cricket with Soggy. Uh, I think a, a player that in North Melbourne just drifted off a little bit towards the middle part of their season and wasn't getting named. So probably no surprise that she's looked to take up an opportunity elsewhere, Duff. Yeah, I think she just sort of lost favour um, by the end of the year. And obviously they've got some players really emerging in the back line and some of their younger midfielders coming through too. So I can understand why when she is, yeah, 32 now. North Melbourne obviously is still in the premiership window, but if they've got those youngsters they want to blood in there, uh, you know, if the fit doesn't work, luckily for her there are all those list spots available and obviously there's one for her there at Hawthorne to be a bit of a, a general down in the back line, I imagine, which would be great. Uh, I'm sure the young defenders that come through will really benefit from having her in there and having her leadership. Obviously, she's been around footy and cricket um, for, for Yonks, so she'll certainly be a great addition. But her and uh, a catch McCoy Chuot as well um, in the back line, I think that's two great additions for yeah, two players who really do bring leadership and can guide that young group, especially when they've got 
uh, Tegan Cunningham up forward. Now they've got their, their sort of backline generals as well. So I think really good building there for Hawthorne in terms of the, the more experienced heads on the list. Yeah, some leadership there. And one thing I did notice, we've talked about it before, in the way that the team that they're leaving makes the announcement that someone's moving on, and sometimes it seems a little bit salty. Uh, North Melbourne's was actually really... <laughs> really pleasant and nice. And it's, I think it's said in it, um, that, you know, Jess, Chris and Georgie are more than welcome down any time. So a really different, I suppose, um, you know, it seemed like a really well wished and thank you. And we still love you. Oh, from everything I know from people inside North Melbourne, she's a very loved figure at the club and not only at AFLW level with the VFLW girls too, obviously playing a few games in there the last few weeks. I think the the coach and the youngsters have probably uh, appreciated her guidance there too. So, no doubt she is a, a much loved figure, and yeah, we'll we'll be back around there, I'm sure, when there's uh, not games to play against them. Uh, so Fremantle across in the west, let's jump coastlines. Uh, they after you know, they lost Gemma Houghton to Port Adelaide about a week ago. That was confirmed. And as of their best and fairest night that day leading in, they had confirmation that Ebony Antonio had re-signed with the club, which is great news for them after losing Steph Kane as well. Yeah, the Houghton one, another one where there'd been sort of rumours around, but nothing too strong. And then suddenly it was um, a bit like Tilly where it was, it, it came out and then it was announced all of a sudden, um, which obviously, you know, she's a key pillar of the forward line, Houghton, and um, her loss will be felt. But I think you've got to look at having the likes of Amy Franklin coming through the ranks. Obviously, there's there's forwards there to to make up for us. So no player's going to be Houghton, but I think uh, the Dockers have got the, the cattle to make up for her. Um, it is. I did have some question marks over how the forward line was going to function before this year, and they proved me wrong. So no doubt they'll be able to do it again this year. But um, yeah, the Antonio situation is very interesting. You talk about mm. that, Jen, and the, the best and fairest speech, and obviously you, you're going to have one with the other. I, I can't imagine... Um, the family be splitting apart to one to head into state because we had heard um, both Cara and Ebony were touring um, clubs in Victoria, but I'd have to think if um, if yeah one is signed, the other will be not far behind. Yeah, that's right. It was a cheeky shout out in the best and fairest uh, <laughs> awards night. Haley Miller spoke as the skipper, and um, yeah, sort of said how good it is that Ebony had re-signed, and then sort of gave a little pointed shout out to Juddy and was like, "Let's uh, let's sort you out, hey, by, by the end of tonight." Um, I'm paraphrasing. I'm definitely not doing Haley justice there. Uh, other thing, <laughs> Nikki Gore uh, from the Crows is going to come across to the west. Yeah, a good signing. Probably not an area of the the team I thought the Dockers really needed to to shore up in the middle, but um, great to add even more depth in there, especially when players are already um, coming up and proving themselves like the likes of Dana East this year. So I think uh, looking really, really good for the future Frio's midfield group. Even if they do drop off a little bit with a couple of these losses with Kane and Houghton, I don't think it'll be too much longer. If they do miss top eight, for instance, this year, I think it won't take long for them to build back up. The list profile is still looking very, very nice. And a couple of minutes to bask in Essendon AFLW. They've made some more commitments as well. <laughs> Uh, well, this is right close to my heart, Jen. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a mad Essendon man, and a lot of these girls that signed this week are players that I've been waiting to see put their name down, pen to paper, for about the past few years. Uh, Fetty Fru is one of those who 
I can't believe that it's taken this long for us to sign her. She's a VFLW leading goal kicker at the moment. She's kicking at least a couple of goals every game, a few bags of four, even a six here and there. Uh, she's been outstanding this year, come a long way back from a really strange injury as well. Had a, a nerve injury in her hip last year that ended her season halfway through. Um, but she's just come back so much better than ever. And obviously, Danny Marshall, Joanne Doonan, Jordan Zanchetta, all stories of players who've been in the AFLW before, gone back to VFLW level, really proved themselves, um, and now are getting another chance on a list. So great stories of those girls coming up from state league level. It's just outstanding to see not only the stars, obviously there's the, the big names that have joined, and Sophie Alexander, another one of those a couple of weeks ago, but to see the, the players who've gone back to state level and really, really grinded hard to make it back up, uh, it, it's fantastic and a good reward for their effort. And Alex, we're speaking, of course, at the beginning of the week, there was a launch for the Indigenous round coming up or rounds coming up for AFL men's and AFL CEO Gillian McLaughlin was was trapped once again with more questions to do with what's happening with the <laughs> AFLW CBA. And it seems like, give it one sleep, maybe two, we might actually have some news coming out. Well, I'm, I'm proud of um, the my media cohort around me for asking questions about the AFLW in the off-season. It's, um, it's nice news uh, to hear that people still do have it in the back of their minds. But um, yeah, he, he was quoted from the article today saying that he is confident we'll get a CBA arrangement in the next 24 to 36 hours. Um, it's important that we have the right outcome for our female players and also for 18 clubs and for female football generally. So it looks like they finally reached a conclusion. Uh, from the sounds of what he's saying, it is still going to be an August season. So players are going to start getting cracking on their pre-seasons. I think most of them want them to start late May to early June, Jen. So mm. we're going to get the announcement and they're going to put their boots back on and put their training kits back on and get back out there, it sounds like. Um, so... I'm glad that we do finally have a date and something set in stone, uh, but it is quite amazing that it has taken this long. I can't believe we're in the middle of May. It feels like we started talking about this about three months ago. So um, hopefully, whatever these arrangements are, it does fit nicely for the players, uh, and because of this short turnaround, doesn't put too many of them out of sorts with having to arrange their other work and things like that because we know that was going to be a big concern coming into having a second season in a year. Mm, absolutely. I'm still fascinated as to what we're going to call the season because we've already been using AFLW season 2022. Um, but well, <laughs> that's, that's a very minor problem when you think about the CBA. We're speaking with Alex Catalano from the Inner Sanctum, all about AFLW, but I'm going to switch tack because we've had our first coach change in AFL, uh, someone who's been under the pump for the entire year, Leon Cameron, just quickly, can you summarise his legacy or his era at GWS? Yeah, I think it's going to be one that we might look back on a bit differently in five years or even 10 years when you look at where GWS had to come from, obviously a club built, being built from uh, quite literally nothing uh, in the heartland of rugby league territory and um, Leon did make it into a, a club that was regularly playing finals. I think it was six final series during his tenure there, which is just outstanding. Um, I think a lot of clubs would take a grand final, a few prelims, a few semis, um, if they were yeah, if they were looking at that compared to some of the the current finals records we've got across far more established teams. Um, I think in terms of a, a game day coach, it's clear that he probably never quite got the best out of the Giants talent that he had at his disposal. I think he also probably at times didn't have a fully healthy list, at least the past 
three years or so, he hasn't really had a, a full strength list um, probably since they yeah since they lost the grand final. So I think that was really that point when he needed to to win the flag, but. I don't think too many people look too sourly on Leon's time of not getting a flag. It sounded to me like he was a little bit ready to to call time and was sort of burnt out being in the role, uh, just listening to some of the ways he responded to questions in interviews. So uh, I don't blame the man for stepping down now. It's going to be a hard season to see out, I think, looking at their win-loss already. Um, but it's good to see Mark McVeigh getting a chance at the top. Always one of my favourite players at the Bombers. So... Um, nice little bit of exposure for him, but already, of course, Jen, straight away, when a coach goes out, it's who's going to be next. <laughs> and uh, I, I am not ready to speculate on that yet, but there's already heaps of names being thrown around. I think I've got a list of about 15 that I've been trying to keep track of. <laughs> Some are gone now, but yeah, you're right. There's plenty of uh, names being thrown around and NRL's going through it now as well with Trent Barrett and the Canterbury Bulldogs. So we've got uh, a fair bit happening across those two major footy codes in Australia when it comes to the coaches. Now, before we let you go, Alex, across our, our Monday, Tuesday show, we look at, we ask the overnight crowd as what their moment of the weekend might have been. It can be from any any sport. Uh, what about you, putting you on the spot? I'm going to assume it's not about Essendon Bombers. It's it's to park that. What about a moment for you from the weekend to finish off? Uh, yeah, we'll go away from the Bombers for a second. I think, look, I'll keep it within footy, though. I think the unveiling of the, the Indigenous jumpers, it's always a special time uh, of the year, and it's fantastic that we do celebrate our Indigenous culture and history so much uh, within sport in Australia. Every competition, I think basically every national competition is, is in on it now, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, especially, uh, so I wasn't going to mention Essendon, but <laughs> as an Essendon supporter, going to the Dreamtime game, uh, you know, you feel that, that extra bit of specialness uh, and a little bit more attachment to it. So I guess to see how it's spread across not only the AFL as a whole, but um, sport in Australia in general. And every team every year has wonderful designs and each one of them's got such a personal story to them as well, which I think is is great. I really am a big fan of Port Adelaide's one uh, with Lockie Jones designing it and talking about how he, he used this uh, past few weeks to explore the, the story of his grandmother and finding out about his Indigenous heritage and that kind of thing. Um, I think that's fantastic and and it's uh, it shows how important it is to, to our sporting culture here. So I think just the general round would probably be my moment. Great moment. Well done. Great way to finish. Alex, thanks for your company here on the Overnight Crowd. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for having me, Jen. Appreciate it. And hopefully by the time we speak next, we know all the details on this AFLW CBA. Oh, I cannot wait for that. Next week we'll definitely be unpacking, hopefully, a CBA announcement. Alex Catalano joining us from the Inner Sanctum, uh, also sharing his moment of the weekend and a real good one. I love all the Indigenous Guernseys, actually. Plenty to look at and the stories behind them are great. So that's a great moment. I'm glad he shared that. Continue to share yours when we return here on the Overnight Crowd. You know the numbers, one 736 736 and 0433 98 11 16. Let's talk again soon. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.